Hey everyone, this is Scott, Leading Edge Archery, podcast number eight. I think it's what Jason said. Number eight. So people may not realize, but that song's appropriate for what we're going to talk about today, which is the Vegas shoot, which is coming up this week. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and actually have a guest with us today, um, one of the young guns of our sport. Uh, he's one of our staff shooters and um, he's going to be doing a lot of crazy stuff this year, uh, Mr. Cody Serber. Hello, hello, hello. So, um, Bridger's here. Jason's here. Um, podcast is doing great. Thanks to you all, folks. We appreciate you. Everything you guys are doing out there for us. Um, I think some of the episodes have been a big hit. I know the, uh, I think the ATA one was our biggest one. Correct? That one was good. The one with Linda was awesome. Yeah. Crystals is getting a lot of Crystals traction. Crystals is good as well, yeah. yeah. So what are we up to now? Right now? Do you know, listeners-wise? Pretty good, right? Yeah, we've so far we've had about three thousand downloads, so that's awesome. That's not too bad for seven episodes. No, not bad at all. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we're kind of kind of wing it today, and we're gonna try to get on a timeline. I got some feedback from some of y'all out there about our delay and and pre-recording and stuff. So we're gonna try to now record. We're gonna move our release dates to Fridays. Correct, guys? Yes. And so we'll be recording that week. So we have information that's relevant for that time period. Um, I know we talked about uh, Chris Schaff coming on, but I think we had some computer issue problems with that recording. Yeah. So, Chris, if you're listening, we're going to have to re-record yours. Yeah. Great fun. <laughs> He's probably excited. Um, and other than that, um, we're going to talk about Vegas today. I think we have all been preparing like crazy for that shoot, this tournament. Um and uh, we're going to talk about how Cody's prepped for it, how Bridger's prepped for it. Um, I'm actually going to shoot, which is insane probably, but how I'm prepping for it. And uh, Jay Bird, you're not going though, right? I'll be cheerleading from back here. Yeah. Jason just got out of the hospital though, right? Yep. How'd it go? Uh, spent a whole week in the hospital. I had to uh, get a little bit of preemptive surgery is what I called it. <laughs> I was having issues with... Uh, getting pain in my stomach every time I ate. So yeah. when I got scanned, found a stone in my gallbladder, decided it's time to get it out before I went up in the hospital in Mexico or yeah, Dubai and exactly. wake up in a bathtub full of ice with no kidneys. <laughs> so, yeah. They still do that down there? I don't want to find out. Yeah, yeah they they exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Those organs are worth a lot <laughs> the black market. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jason just got out, so... That's going to be, be a, you got a tough road to hoe, though, over the next, uh, you got Mexico coming up in probably, what, eight weeks, seven weeks? Yeah, at the end of March. Yeah. So. Got a lot of work to do. In that I'm at about time. a week and a couple of days post-surgery. I'm already up and rolling. I should start shooting, hopefully, by tomorrow, the day after. I'm going to come shoot league tomorrow night, so. Gotcha. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Get you back on track. Bring a bunch of super glue in case something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So anyways, let's just jump right into it. You know, the Vegas shoot is this week starts on Thursday, right, Bridge? Uh, Friday is the first day of official scoring. Most people get there Wednesday and Thursday. I'm gro I'm flying in Wednesday. I know you and everybody from the store that's going is getting there Thursday. Thursday, yeah. But I go with my mother, and she likes to go to a, like this, like a Cirque du Soleil show or something. Yeah, that's cool. And Wednesday night's an awesome night to do that because you got all day Thursday to recover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. What are you going to go watch? Uh, we're going to see Ka. Yes. It's really? awesome. It's a good one. Yeah, I the, saw it in September. The only one I told her I wouldn't go to with her is Zumanity. Yeah, I don't that blame you. That one apparent, allegedly is the, uh, 
erotica one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, the Fifty Shades of Grey of Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, so I I said no, I'm not gonna go to my I'm not gonna go to that with my mother. But I, I go to the rest of them. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, that might not go well with your mom. Yeah, Kaz is actually pretty interesting. Like I said, you have That's a lot a of one. people running around you. Might scare you. Might come well, up to your seat. So we're like, there's the front floor section, and then there's a couple sections of that, and we're in the front row of the secondary section. Okay. So, like, there's, we have our seat, then the partition deal, and then the aisle in front of us, and yep. we're, like, right smack dab in the middle. We got really good seats. Yeah. But, so, but we're front row of the second section. Right. So, yeah. I imagine we're going to have a bunch of... Characters oddly, running around. Yeah, oh, yeah, oddly painted people walking around in front of us. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting... Well, all the wheelchair spots are in that partition right there. Yeah. So everybody runs around behind us. I kept on coming up to the people next to us. They, for some reason, avoided me, which was good for them. But, yeah, you'll have a lot of fun. Right before you get in, though, I highly recommend... There's this little restaurant probably about 100 feet before you get there on the left okay. side. They've got the best $25 burger which, I've ever had. Which uh, which hotel is that one? At? It's the MGM. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I've, I've heard of that burger place before. It's really good. One of the best burgers I've ever had in my life. Well, there's that, and then the only other thing I told a uh, buddy that I used to work with at home, he went to Vegas last year, the year before. He goes like every other year, and uh, he said you have to go to the MGM and get their like nine dollar Long Island iced teas. <laughs> Apparently, it's like challenge <laughs> accepted. <laughs> he said you only need one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I know that's why that's why I like flying in on Wednesday cuz then you have I mean, usually because they're Pacific time, you can get in there early enough and have a whole extra day to do something. Yep. Um it's your so, tourist day. Yeah. And I get a I have a whole day to get over my nosebleeds. I told you that, Scott. That you, yeah. Like if you've never been there before or only go once a year, Every year, like the first twenty minutes, within the first twenty minutes of the plane landing, I'll have a bloody nose. <laughs> Altitude air, and dryness, air dry. Yeah, yeah. it's the, it's dry so air. low in humidity there, yeah. and maybe it won't be as bad this year coming from Texas. I know coming from Iowa, uh, like especially if we were having kind of a mild winter, to where we had a little bit more humidity in the air and it wasn't like crazy cold. Yeah, getting there and just <laughs> my dryness. Nose would, oh, my nose would just explode. Yeah. I think you'll be all right. We had a extremely mild fall this past yeah. winter. I think it got down in the 30s twice. Yeah, exactly. It's been so. mild. But it doesn't matter. The cedar still sucks. So. Yeah. Scott's um, still getting over that. Yeah, I'm still dying. I can't wait to go to Vegas to get rid of this crap. It'll, you're <laughs> you're going to drain like crazy the first <laughs> day. <I know. laughs> it's going to be bad. Um, so, Bridger, why don't you give us uh, a rundown? I know this will be... Uh, releasing probably while we're in Vegas, but maybe for s the folks that will be listening, they can maybe get a feel for what Vegas is going to look like, what it's going to feel like Sh from a shooter's perspective. You know, how do you handle your week? What What are some of the things that we need to look at? Like Cody, especially. I know Cody, you went last year, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, and he shot pretty good. You, I know you finished what top twenty, twelve, top thirty in my class last year. Yeah, that's good. So you're moving up into championship class this year, though, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so we're excited for him on that one. And, um, you know, for, and I know Cody shooting championship class, that's a different ballgame, right, Richard? Mm -hmm. Going from flights. Yeah, well, Cody, so you're, Cody, you're shooting the young adult championship, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so it's a little little bit different. Um, 
than open championship. But still, I mean, you still have to shoot a 900 to win in that class. Um, main difference with the open championship is there's like 60 guys that can shoot a 900 versus like six young adults. <laughs> um, but as far as like look of the week, for me, and actually I was talking to Keith Mott, another one of our staff shooters that's going. Like for me, when I go to a tournament, it's so sec- everything is so second nature as far as like I always stay in the same hotels, always stay, you know, eat at the same places and everything. It's kind of like going to a buddy's house to where I'm not, I don't know, I'm not overly conscious about everything that's happening around me. I'm just kind of going through the motions as I normally would, um, you know, but when, like Wednesday I'll get there, I'll see if any manufacturers or anything need help setting up booths um, or, you know, I'll pick up the couple extra things that I can sneak in there as a manu- with a manufacturer pass and grab from like Lancaster or True Ball or something like that. Um, and then, you know, I'll hang out, shoot a little bit. Practice is usually open on Wednesday already. And, you know, I'll do the, I'll try and do the impact archery shoot up, which, I mean, if you're there Wednesday or Thursday night when they have that, that is incredible practice. It's very, actually, Scott, it's very similar to how we do our league nights here to where, so they'll they just do a regular thirty arrow qualification. They fly to everybody, whatever place you are on the flight. That's where you shoot in the shoot up. Um, and instead of doing head to head, it's a similar to the Lancaster, where seven shoots against eight, winner against six, again, and then winner against five, all the way up to the top. So right. I know one year, a couple of years ago, like I had Mike shot a thirty x and I shot a twenty nine x. So I was a second rank guy. I want I only shot three arrows in the match round, won my match and then shot against Mike and Mike just barely hung or I just barely missed an X and Mike hit all three and I got second place, but won like $600. <laughs> so if you need some gambling money, it's a great Avenue. It's a good little gig right there. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure cause you're shooting for some real cash and even the lower flights. I know last year, the year before I was like second or third flight cause I had a couple of arrows get away from me cause I was still, jacking around with my bow some and i still i won like second or third flight and won like two or three hundred bucks so but that, that's awesome practice if you don't have anything going on uh wednesday or thursday night and then after that it's just kind of planning your day around your shoot time for the following day so luckily with championship we never shoot early in the morning you know we're not going to have that 7 a.m or uh earlier or you know like the 7 a.m line times but um, just planning around that because I mean it's Vegas you're going to want to go down on the strip or go to a show or do something like that go out to eat and you should it's a good way to blow off steam so yeah because it's only 30 scoring arrows a day correct yeah so you're shooting for with two practice hours. and two and a half hours yeah hour 45 yeah. two hours and 15 minutes and that's it and that's all you that's all you're required to shoot I guess you're not even required to shoot it but most people shoot all their arrows you know so one thing I've been talking to the to the group about people that are going is and i see this a lot especially in the asa and i imagine it's probably worse in vegas you know somebody was talking about getting the 24-hour um practice round or practice area we can shoot i guess yeah 24 hours a day um is not going there and shooting a thousand arrows in practice oh it's i see people do oh, it, yeah, it happens in the I, asa too and i had a, a buddy back at home when i was a kid he would always tell me, he's like, man, if you didn't bring it with you, you ain't going to find it here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if you got, like, equipment issues or something, or yeah. it's nice having, like, the fast pass, being able to jump in there, right. shoot, 
you know, however many arrows you want to to warm up. I always try and shoot like between 25 and 35 arrows right. to try and start getting warmed up. But um, really, other than that, or if you, you know, you're bored or whatever in the middle of the night, but. I'd, yeah, I but guess it, I'd recommend go sitting at a slot machine and exactly. get a lot more done that way. Well, I know a lot of people, they'll go in there and shoot literally a thousand arrows just trying to find their shot or work on whatever it is, and that's just mm-hmm. not the time to do it. So I know, like, Kenna's a great example. I know she would want to go there. Her oh, and Pink yeah. oh, both. Pink would just, go in there and obliterate those yeah. targets. <laughs> <laughs> but they're loose. You know, they just, I just tell them you're not, you're not going to find it there. So just go there, shoot your 30 scoring rounds, get yourself warm, but don't. You know, I think it's kind of weird they give you a 24-hour access to yeah. the practice range because, once again, yeah, it's just not the time to practice. It's find your shot a little bit, get it worked on, and then go shoot your turn. Well, it's good for run. the NFA because and Impact, yeah. Arch- Impact Archery, the local shop there runs the runs the practice range, and it's great for them because they really? make a little bit extra dough. Heck yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But you but you're like you're 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 the school of thought though. You go in there and just get warm, maybe shoot a couple scoring rounds on Thursday, make sure you're good. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, go hit, go hit the tournament. Yeah. But, yeah, and like I said, it's Vegas, man. Go out and go out and enjoy yourself. Right. I'm going there as, with the opportunity to win, you know, eighty to hundred thousand dollars, and I'm not going to be in there practicing the whole time. Right. Like yeah. I'll actively avoid the practice range. Right. Exactly. That's what I always find odd because even on the ASA tour, the the practice range is just packed, and guys shooting for hours, you know, trying to find the shot. That's just not the place to do it. I just check a couple arrows every ten yards, and then I'm out of there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously, go through and check check your equipment and yeah. make sure everything's good to go. Because, like I said, I maybe this is bad advice. I don't know, but if man, if you didn't bring it with you, you're probably not going to find it no, there. No, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and you, you know, we've been talking a little bit about maybe Bridger. You can talk a little bit about you know a taper schedule, which I'm kind of putting all the kids on right now. I mm-hmm. talked to Ken about it in Pink and and Cody about you know. This week after league, they just you know I've I've instructed all the kids that I coach. You're shutting it down Wednesday. Just no shooting. Just yeah. get your brain right, relax, go there so you can get there Thursday fully refreshed and mm-hmm. not shooting because when they're not going to fix anything tomorrow and Wednesday that they're right, going to execute on Thursday and, or Friday. And I agree with that. I I like running the taper schedule. I think for me personally, I have to adjust mine because I think I was talking to you a little a bit about it. And, yeah. Um, so like it's a real little, quick, why don't you talk about, you know, the periodization, your periodization schedule or what that looks like? Because you and I were discussing about you thought you were a little bit off on that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, the listeners, won't have a freaking clue about what that means. Let's you so explain that. It's it's the same, exact same thing as like a, a marathon runner or a swimmer uh, or like a triathlete or biker would do with a taper schedule. So, like the day or the week leading up or the couple weeks leading up to – Say if it was like a road race for a bike guy riding a bike, you know, at the beginning of his taper schedule, he's hitting at least if I'm using my numbers that I do for archery, he's hitting like I'll shoot two hundred and fifty percent of a normal day. So like if a hundred arrows is my normal day, the first three days I'm hitting two hundred and fifty percent of a two week taper. And then I'll start slowly bringing that down until about four days before the tournament I'm at a hundred, then I cut it to fifty then I cut it to 25, then to 10% to the point where I show up, make sure my bow sighted in, and leave for official right. practice. Right. Um, and for, for me, I have to adjust. I think I need to play with that some now because I'm in better physical shape than I was 
um, when I first developed that. Right. Um, and everybody's slightly different. I know some people have like exact numbers. I like to run off a percentage because based on what uh, discipline I'm shooting, be it 3D, indoor, or outdoor, my 100% number changes. So like for outdoor, my 100% number, because usually the smallest scoring round I shoot is 72 arrows right. at a feet of shoot. Um, my 100% or my 100 is, I got to do math here, 84. Right. Because you got two practice ends, six arrow ends, two or three practice ends, so it could even be 90 arrows. Right. But uh, you got two or three practice ends and then 72 scoring arrows. Right. Whereas indoors, the longest round I'm going to shoot is a five spot, and that's 60. Right. So I always take kind of like a good starting point based on how many arrows you're going to shoot for the day. Scoring-wise, take that and double it, and that is like your 100% number. Right. Jason, we need to do this for you. Yep. In the, in the seriously, we need to put a schedule together. <coughs> when you get 100% healthy, we got to – I think it would be something good for us to practice. Yeah. And it – it's it's different for everybody because like I said right. my, when I developed this for me with my practice schedule I was in horrible physical shape I was <laughs> like right. I mean I I'm still not like svelte right now but I this is the yeah. best shape I've been in since I was in high school yeah and I know when we were talking about it before when I was in high school I didn't have like a taper schedule when it came to shooting I would only taper my like exercises right like physical exercises as opposed to my shooting right just so my body would recover more. And you're still kind of doing the same thing with that. It was just at the time, because I was 16 and an idiot, right. it was easier for me to say, well, instead of running five miles a day, there I got a tournament coming up, I'll run two miles. Right. But now, for those of you who don't know, Bridger has been in the gym hammering for about the last six weeks, probably. Pretty good. Um, six or eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, six or eight weeks. So he's definitely making a big change with his physicality. I think it's going to – he'll end up – that on, you know, somewhat – you know, you haven't been shooting great, but I think some of that's a byproduct of you being able to figure out where your body is in conjunction with that shooting, yeah. and I think that's going to end up turning the corner eventually. There's no, I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer in that, but um, that's cool because that's something that I think that we all need to look at and practice because to shoot at that level when it comes to these big tournaments, that's something that I think that is overlooked because you look at these kids especially, and you know, Cody, you're pretty guilty of it too is just coming in and just shooting a crap load of arrows oh i i used to do it all the time i'd get to a a usa shoot on official practice day and like official practice in arizona runs from 12 in the afternoon till 5 p.m and i would get there at 12 and stop shooting at five o'clock and i would shoot every single end other than like one or two for me to eat a sandwich and you know have a sit in the porta john and that was it (laughs) And I would go, I mean, I'd shoot two or 300 arrows yeah. trying to make sure my stuff was good. And it's like, well, man, if your stuff's not good when you show up or, right. like, if it wasn't good when you left, you should probably adjust your practice schedule anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of glad they changed the schedule for this coming outdoor season where official practice mm-hmm. is going to be the same day that we're going to shoot uh, our qualification. It's just going like, to be a couple hours prior. I'm not so. a huge fan of that. I mean, I... Not saying it's the best. From an organizational standpoint, I get it. It's yeah. easier, but I'm not. I guess I don't like that. I like. Well, it's not going to let you fix things that. Maybe well, bro- if you know, you could get there and something broke. For me, it's just a like. For any serious archer, like you're not saving a day. No. On a rental car or hotel or no. flights because, like, I want to get there early, to let my body adjust to wherever I'm at right. because. 
I mean, when I lived in Iowa before, the weather in Iowa in April was vastly different than that in <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona in April. Yeah, right. I remember getting a 50-meter mark with three feet of snow on the ground one year. Like, I was shooting out of my parents' uh, French doors, standing on the other side of the bed with a heater on, shooting over the bed, through the French doors, and I'd walk through the house and had a snow-blowed path <laughs> from the, ba the back door on the other end of the house all the way out to the target. So I could, I mean, I literally, there was like two or three feet of snow on the ground. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Then you go to, but, Air, you go to the Arizona and then I get, it's what? Get there and it's degrees. 85 degrees. See the heat waves coming off the turf. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a hundred degrees warmer. So I like, for me, I like getting to a tournament early enough that I can let my body adjust and climatize a little bit. Right. And like with that schedule, you're not saving that at all. No. Plus, I mean, they still have an official practice a day prior. Is that an it's unofficial, unofficial practice? I think. Correct. So, but at the same time, again, it's not saving anybody anything. Yeah, the way I so, look at it is, I'm not going to have two days. My mentality used to be, I'm I got to get there for unofficial practice and official practice, and then qualification. I guess it's just saving me a little bit of strength, so I'm not there the day prior just yeah. hammering arrows. Now I know that my official practice day, hey, I'm probably going to go out and shoot two or three ends, make sure that I'm hitting the dot and yeah. call it good. Cause but at the same time, I don't like shooting like you'll, and you can attest to this, Scott, because we're in the store every day. Right. You never see me, like, I'm, I'll, won't be here early, shoot 30 or 40 arrows, and then go work up front right. for two or three hours. And when we get slow down, shoot 30 or four arrows, yeah. and then go work up front again. Yeah. And then a couple hours come back. I always try and condense Compress everything it. down. Right. Because, I mean, yes, it's good to have some of that. Uh, as far as like having everything broken up because sometimes that does happen at tournaments when right. we're shooting uh, a lot of the fetus are that way when we're shooting match play match play right. you'll shoot the first couple of practice ends in your first match and then you sit around or first match or two and then you sit around for two hours yeah. with yep. watching like 80 empty targets that we could be shooting on <laughs> but oh, yeah for the most part like when you're going to when you go to an ASA when you go to a, a like qualification days at a USA event, um, all the indoor stuff. You're you'll have a little bit of time to practice ahead of time. You got a half hour break when you go hang your target face and you're waiting for the round to start. You shoot. You start your practice ends and then you continually shoot until you're done. Right. Like you're almost never having that two or three hour break in between blocks of shooting. Right. Exactly. So, um, so let's talk to Cody a little bit. Mr. Server. As far as practice goes? Yeah, I want to talk to you about your practice, you know, how it's been going. Um, why don't you talk about your bow setup? Just let you all know real quick, Cody is 16 years old. Just got his driver's license, which is kind of weird. Screw. Well, I get to see you now in the shop, and I always look for your parents, and I don't see them, and it's always kind of strange. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I it like is. it. It's it is freedom. Funny. It's freedom. But now you just got to make sure you stay in the shop and not... Wander off. Wandering, exactly. Chasing. <laughs> chasing um, money to fill like up a, that diesel tank <laughs> no kidding he's like a buck in early october man <laughs> <He's> definitely that <laughs> kind of rubbing on the <laughs> trees outside <laughs> uh, but no seriously cody why don't you talk about you know, cody's 16 he is um you know for those of you who don't know him look him up this kid can shoot he's uh he's absolutely one of the most talented archers that i know in the shortest amount of time came into my shop four years ago actually shot Olympic recurve for a while and shot extremely well. I wanted him to stay there, but 
he was always wanting to go hunting, always wanting to try the compound. He picked it up one day, and it's his history ever since. So I want you to talk about your setup, how you like your setup, because I think it's evolved tremendously um, just within the last year. And, you know, just let's talk about those things. I'm going to guide you through some questions about it so that some of the listeners can hear it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what you see is happening in the industry. You know, you shot ASA at the highest level. You shot some pretty high-level USA archery events now, USAT events. You shot Vegas now, maybe the second year. So, first of all, let's just talk about your setup. I mean, what are you shooting this year? So, I'm shooting the TRX 36. Um, I think it's at 56 pounds with 20 pounds of holding weight on it. Uh, 26-inch B-Stinger front bar and 12-inch on the back. I'm running, I want to say, 28 ounces on the back and 16 on the front. Uh, Excel sight, shrewd scope with the lenses, four power lens, pretty small dot, um, and a spot hog edge rest, and then I run all Scott releases, Scott Advantage, Scott Ascent, all those. Gotcha. What about your arrows? I'm running Black Eagle PS 27s right now. 27s. How much rate you running in that? 200 in the front, and then I'm running flex fletch veins on the back. Yeah, four inch. Yes, sir. Yeah, didn't. Uh, did who made those for you? My pit crew. I got a pit crew. Yeah, I was gonna I say don't pit crew. my own bow anymore. <laughs> It's pretty built pathetic. His, he just, built his arrow. I think Bridger built his arrow. Did did you do a string too? Built his well, rebuilt his cables. Uh-huh. It's my rest. Yeah, he tuned uh, it. One of my releases. So yeah. like sixteen arrows. And he's got one of I my mean, releases. I got one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even shoot my own releases anymore. <laughs> I just go home and sleep, yeah. and then they and shoot them both. Yeah. What a rough, that's a rough life. Every it's time horrible. Cody shoots, he's got somebody with palms that it's there and them down, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. People bring him water. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so that's good though. So but you're running a lot. It was funny because you've experimented with holding weight, you know, a lot. Yeah. Just within the last 48 hours, I about killed him because he went up to 27 pounds of holding weight. I don't think the cam was literally rotating all the way. I'm being serious. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Okay. It felt good. <laughs> no, I didn't even have to pull him. It was hard. Yeah. Just <laughs> holding weight. Yeah. But uh, no. But he's been up and down over all over the map on that. And then it was funny. He'll pick up my bow which is probably around 14 pounds of holding weight, 80%, you know, mods. I'm probably running 74, 75, the way I have mine set up. And, what, maybe eight ounces on the front and 14 on the back. And he's like, oh, my God, this feels so good. <laughs> I need to not shoot other people's bows because I'll just start messing with stuff on mine. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how many, how many times do you see me shooting everybody else's bow? That's true. That's and true. I've literally tried to get you to shoot another bow he shoots mine to get it out of he your system he messes mine sometimes he won't, he won't do it he, he I've shot yours a couple times he just grins, so he grins check it and he sets it down he's like nope <laughs> I don't need to be yeah that's true but that's smart I mean that's why he does what he does so um, you've been shooting pretty good though yesterday I know you shot a 27 27 300 correct yes sir yeah that's some darn good shooting shot a 26 there you know, before that. that's one thing I've been trying to teach the kids, and I told Kenna, Kenna, you know, has been shooting really good these last couple of days. She came in this morning, I think, she, yeah, she shot a 99, like 21, 22 X's. Barely missed her, her one for a 300, but it's all about peaking at the right time. Shooting great three weeks ago is not going to equate to shooting great in Vegas, in my opinion. I think you got to work toward it. Last year, I think I shot my second or third 300 on day two of Vegas. Yeah. And it felt better than anything yeah. before that that's not easy Mm-mm. for sure so what was your experience like in vegas last year um what'd you think i loved it i love the format of everything uh it's a big show i mean what 12 rows of bleachers behind you 
mm-hmm. more. Did you shoot much. on? Did you shoot on the on the, the arena main floor? floor? Yes, sir. I didn't know if you guys shot in the arena yeah. floor or not. We shoot on the right end. We're on mm-hmm. the pro shoot. We shoot down there. Um, did the nerves get to you? They definitely got to me. I mean, it felt like with every arrow, I'd be like, my stomach would drop. <laughs> and then day two, you kind of go in, and I mean, I feel like it's like this for every tournament with everyone who gets nerves. You go in and you shoot good, like I did. I shot like a 297 on day one and a 300 on day two. And I was like, why didn't I just turn it on yesterday? You know, you yeah. get comfortable day two, and then you look back on your week or your weekend or however long the tournament it is, and you're like, that's kind of what's setting everyone apart is being aggressive on day one and being aggressive on day two. Just being aggressive the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just need to turn it's, it on right when you get there. Well, you really have nothing to lose. Exactly. I mean, you're either going to win it or lose it. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to win it sitting there halfway shooting your bow. Yeah. I always get a kick out of the guys who compete at the highest level, and they. this happens in a lot of sports that I've been in, especially like fishing. They'll, they'll fish for a check, they call it. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to place top 50, get a $10,000 check, and I'm good. I mean, okay, so you take guys going in to fish for a check. I, I think a lot of pro guys and myself included like we go in we're just trying to shoot for 900 yeah. like i just want to make the shoot off just want to make right. the shoot off just want to make the shoot off yeah which i mean obviously everybody wants to make the damn shoot off right. Like, right nobody's going there with the intention of not making it exactly but i think a lot of a lot of people get turned off like their brain just shuts off once they get into the shoot off yeah um and that's why i think we constantly see the same the same guys at the top you have Mike, Stefan, Steve, Paul, Braden, Sergio. Like, that's why I think Vegas is very prestigious in that way. But, like, you always see the same guy. Same 20 guys, kind of. Yeah, but, I mean, even – I was going to say even, like, the same, like, five or ten guys that are always on the podium there. Right, right. I mean, Chance has won it twice. He's been on the podium all the time. So what you're saying, it's you know, it's just a different mindset that you guys take. Yeah, it. and that's it really a, is. You heard it, Cody just say it a second ago. I mean, you went in and really didn't get after it day one. Right. That's, you and Bridger are going in, getting after it as soon yeah. as you walk into the arena. Well, and some of it, too, is just expectations. I, I know, like, for me, that tournament, like, I haven't made the shoot-off there yet. And for whatever reason, I think the longer I go without making it, I'm always worried the harder it's going to be. Right. Um this year, I feel like I'm in a good mental spot going into it, especially now that I'm kind of peeking. Figure I figured out a bunch of stuff today, actually. Right. Um, but like that, that shoot, 90 arrows at a 40 centimeter target. So the X ring on a five spot is the same size as the 10 ring on a Vegas face. Right. And I've made the shoot off in Louisville or at the NFA Indoor Nationals four times, and. <laughs> That one has 30 extra arrows at exactly. the same size bullseye. <laughs> exactly. And I've made that four times, and I haven't made the one in Vegas yet. So That's it's half as long. Or yeah, there's thir- or, uh, 25% more arrows there. Yeah. 25% but, more chances of or 30% missing. More. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's just a, I don't know, it's an environment thing with Vegas. Every, it, it's hard not to. I mean, it's the biggest well, tournament in the Super world. Bowl. There's 4,000 other people there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's I don't know it's different. Yeah, it's yeah. a different tournament. Yeah, for sure, without a doubt. And so, so, Cody, what are you doing differently this year? I mean, you're shooting championship flights for your young adult, correct? Yes, sir. And that's going to be a task. A you know, big it. one. Yeah, I mean, so are you going into this differently than you did last year? I mean, basically, what you learned and what you've been working on. Very. Um, as far as practice goes, physically, I've been shooting a lot more, um, and I'm actually shooting a lot different level than I was last year. Um, and then mentally. 
archery really for me has become a big challenge mentally lately. Yeah. And it's, I'm trying to practice like mental, I don't even know what you would call it, strength, I guess, like everyday life and then bring it into archery. You know what I mean? So yeah. like almost shutting off your emotions because when you miss, you have to turn it around because you can still get in the shoot off with an 899. You know, there's yeah. always that chance. Or if you miss an X, you can't let it freak you out. So like when things go wrong in everyday life, I need to just like shut it off. All right, well, we can do this. What can we do to fix this? It's almost like becoming a robot and programming yourself to look at the positive side of things. I mean, I think we were texting about this the other day. Absolutely. I think it's a great example too, becoming a robot. I mean, Vegas is a mind game. Would you agree, Bridger? Oh, yeah. Our, I, I had a good friend at home. He, he always said archery is 90% mental and the other 10% is between your ears. Yeah. yeah. So, and it, it is. I mean, everybody can draw a bow back and shoot a 10 at least once. Right. Which means everybody should be able to draw a bow back and shoot a 10 90 times in yeah. a row. If you can do it once, you can do it many times, times you yeah, want. Exactly. But, yeah, that mental mental toughness is very different uh, from, you know, someone like myself that's sh- – shoots a lot some like towards you cody and then all the way down to the amateur side yeah. i think everybody's on a little bit not that people in the amateur class are on a lower mental spectrum obviously because they're not they're still intelligent people but it's like that high octane athlete step on the throat type deal is not right. a i don't know that's not an inherent tra- inherent trait in everybody right and everybody responds to it differently too yeah. i mean you look at like Braden is Brain Galantine is crazy high intensity when he's shooting good. Like you almost, when he's shooting well, you almost never see him, you know, being all lackadaisical and everything. He's always in the moment, like crazy intensity. Same with Dave Cousins. Um, and then you got guys like Jesse and Chance that they could be shooting the worst round of their life and you, you would have him. no idea. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. But everybody's everybody's brain processes that information differently. And for you, if, like trying to shut off or remove yourself from the situation so you can come back with a fresh head is a, how a lot of people do it. I know for me, I am so analytical about stuff that I – like it's hard for me to just shut my brain off. Cody's pointing at well, me because I'm wearing a Pat McAfee T-shirt that says analyst, analyst on it. Well, and that's, you know, <laughs> it's so true because you in the shop and watching you work through your practice routines, your process – I think that you believe there's always a reason, if it makes sense mm-hmm. to say that. I mean, there's something out there. There's something within the setup, the bow, the 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 process that you can always revert back to to fix. Yeah, and that's the way your brain works. You know, it's funny you say that because I've always said it. Bridger working with this guy since August. Um, he missed his calling. He should have been a mechanical engineer. I don't know why he didn't go to school to do it because he has that mindset. You and I are exactly alike in that because things. As an engineer, things never happen. They always happen for a reason. Right. They just, I don't believe in the happenstance. It's just mm-hmm. not part of how I'm wired. Um, and I think that's a great trait to have, which ways to look at it. And then you, Cody, on the other end of the spectrum, are looking at it. Hey, I'm just got to, you know, shut it off, clear it. If I don't, I'll just start to spin internally. That's how I get, you yeah. know, I'll start to overthink. And I mean, there's definitely times where I'm like, okay, something needs to be changed. But I kind of have to see almost a pattern before I go straight to the oh it's the bow or oh it's me yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, definitely and i've you know, like i said i've watched this kid shoot you know it's funny to watch even where you came from last year you know and i'm talking to your parents about this about you know where you may go this year and you got a big decision to make in the next three weeks about you know cody's considering shooting known 50 or known pro which is in the asa circuit which and that's really your bailiwick that's what you know that's your game that's what gets me excited yeah yeah there's no doubt 3d is his game um 
or just stay down and shoot men's known 50, which you shot the classic in that last year, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, and I don't know, just to share with our listeners, he um, you dropped some pretty big bombs out there, those guys. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Day one, where were you at day one? You were top 20. It was like seventh or something yeah, seventh, like that. Yeah, seventh. Day, day one, this kid's in seventh, and you're probably the youngest kid on the course. By far. I think I was 50. youngest by like two years or three years. Yeah, because I think there were a couple 18-year-olds out there. And I was 15 at the time. Yeah. But he uh, he went out there, and I it was funny to tell you a quick story, but I'm, I'm on shooting senior known, and I get over there, and I'm walking to my stake, and there's guys complaining, like, you know, we got to put an age limit on men's known classes because these young kids are coming in here with eagle eyes and, and uh, <laughs> full you-know-what and just kicking our tail. <laughs> so, But uh, it's going to be a big decision for you because, you know, you're right about one thing, and I'm going to bring it up. I think it was a good, that's a good topic of discussion, which I think a lot of our listeners can relate to. But you spin out, make a bad shot. What happened, you know, last year? You freak. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, especially internally. You may not see it outside all the time. It does, definitely gets, you know, to the point where I'm, I get frustrated and, you know, I start clenching my jaw and all that. But, yeah, internally my mind just bounces off the walls if I miss a 12-ring and I was aiming at it and it broke on it and everything. I mean, I just go crazy inside. Yeah. And learning to shut that off I think is going to be a big advantage this year. Yeah. Well, that's going to happen with maturity. I don't know. I'm 51 and I still spin out like crazy. So, <laughs> Shut up, Bridger D. You've got flight miles on all your equipment. Let the record show that Scott almost broke his hand today. Yeah. You, you were well, shooting a hell of a round. And, and that's then, what kills me. So <laughs> what exactly? He turns what, around and I just hear boom. What's Cody server exactly what happened? I was shooting probably one of the best rounds I've shot in a year. And out of nowhere, I have, I was okay with the first one. Shot broke where I wanted, and I got a nine. And I was like, you know what? 299, I can live with it. But then I shot an X, and that last shot, it was I thought it was an eight. And I, I lost my cookies. Because the shot felt great, and everything worked. Put all the stuff down there here, oh, was, boom, off the behind us yeah. and back of the range. He cuts, guy comes back over, his hands off, all swollen, man. <laughs> well, I mean, when when we dump all this time into shooting exactly. our bow and we train that's, ourselves to do one thing and that's not miss, and then we miss, it's like it's, it's really, hard to not get frustrated. Yeah. It's but you know what? If I miss because I I had a bad thought come in my head and I'm I'm really bad about this, which is and I always revert back now to Linda, and that's why I love what we're doing because Linda. Well, Linda Ochoa will pop into my brain saying, never make a bad shot, even in practice. So if I sit up there and I have a bad thought come into my head and go, man, I should get out of this shot. And then I force myself through it. It's uh, it's usually not. I'm okay. And then, then I'm not mad because it's my own fault. That's why I miss. I, I call it a glitch. It's just something in my head just, just yeah. goes away for a second. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I missed that arrow. And usually I can sit there and watch you shoot and I'll. I will wait for the shot to go off, and I was like, yeah, you probably should have got out of that one, huh, bud? You can see it on your face when you shoot. I mean, you get more and more angry throughout the shot. Oh, God! (laughs) You can't imagine. I'm I'm probably one of the worst at that. I'm I'm the person that draws back, anchor in. I got this. Nope, let down. Nope, I'm just gonna pull through it. Just pull through it, you got it. No, just let down. Let down. Let down. Pop! I just popped a seven. So what's, you know, it's what's funny you say yes. that. No, wait. I, I'm going to get a shirt made because I used it on one of our kids. I think it was Kenna yesterday. That was no. It was on, I forget what it was, but I told him. I said, "Real men don't let down. We shoot eights." Yeah, that was <laughs> the, the that was, was Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson. Uh, we joke about that all the time because we're out at at Worlds and in, in Netherlands, and he was shooting a clean round, just ten after ten after ten after ten after ten after ten, after 10 and 
I mean, he's got the other guy beat already for for a gold medal, and he's just sitting there pulling through a shot, and we all see him. We're like, let down Ben, let down. He just powered through powered it. through it. I mean, the guy could have grabbed the arrow with his hand and flung it in the in the path and still won. Right. But still, he shot an eight. He was he was on his way to uh, to shoot a, a world record uh, elimination match score as well. But he just he was in the zone. He pulled through it and he knew it. He's like, man, I should have just let down. But real men don't let down. We shoot eights. Shoot eights. I love that yeah. saying. That is a good one. I'm, we need to get a shirt made with that. <laughs> so, anyways, Cody, I want to go back to you as far as your mental game because I think it's you know <clears throat> watching Cody shoot for the last four years and watching you shoot this year, especially. I think that you're you're coming into the game extremely well as far as your process. You know your you, how you shoot the bow, how you set up the bow. You know who you are. Um, it's going to be a total mental game for you from here on out yeah that's really what i need to work on is mental game more than anything because i mean archery gets to a point i think bridger said this a while back it's really easy to get to that 99 percent. i think you said mm-hmm. but that 100 percent is that's what you keep striving for when you practice but really 99 percent and 100 percent is all mental that's the only gap there yeah because when when we miss at this point it's it's a glitch in our head you know it's something that you know you you don't get focused on the 10 for half a second and it's mm-hmm. you're done you missed um yeah that's definitely if you want to shoot a bow and you're mentally mentally sound you're gonna be the best at it yeah that's true i mean look i mean you said it a second ago bridge i mean right now i'd say Braden is probably on top of his game i mean he's won names he's shooting really good right now he's shooting really good yeah there's a lot of guys that are shooting crazy good at least like a, a from an accuracy standpoint yeah. right now. Braden's shooting crazy good. He shot 59 at Lancaster, one name the week before that. David Hauser came, like, out of nowhere. David, I mean, David's always been a really good shooter. Yeah. Had the cadet world record, cadet or junior world record for the outdoor match. Won uh, USA Nationals one year. Um, and Got third in Vegas a few years ago when uh, it was a year that Stefan shot that 900 with 88 yeah. Xs. Right. Um, so, I mean, he's been successful, but this is the most consistent I've watched him shoot in a long time. Right. He, uh, he shot one down at Iowa to tie for first and ended up getting second in the shoot-off. Chris Schaff won. Um, but his he shot a 329 X's on Sunday right. in Iowa, and it was his very last arrow. <laughs> very last arrow his was the one he missed. And then Lancaster, he shot, shot a 659. Back-to-back 300s, 130, 129x. Yeah. I mean, he's been shooting oh, yeah. shooting damn good. So, Hauser, if you're listening, and I hope you are, we've equated that to what, Bridger? David shooting really good because of what? Oh, yeah, he got married. He got man. married. <laughs> I can't make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make it funny anyway. <laughs> no, it's funny. We've had some funny conversations about Hauser and getting married and how it set his whole life on autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> so... Just get married, bro. Yeah, that. Yeah, just find just, a wife real quick. We gotta find him a wife, real quick. Jason. It's it's it's, it's a really lot simple. easier because so when you get married, most of the decisions are made for you. Yeah, mm. all you gotta do is shoot your bow. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, that's, that's all. It's what I do all the time. <laughs> She'll book your flights, hotels, yeah, everything. Exactly. You just shoot your bow. Yeah. Ma! <laughs> Ma, where's the meatloaf? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So no, but um. You know, going back to what you were talking about earlier as far as, uh, you know, Braden 
right now. You you just named Braden and Hauser and those guys right now shooting the top of their game. I'm assuming those guys have solid mental games, correct? Oh yeah, I Braden is probably. I mean, I've known him for a long time. Um, from a mental training standpoint, Braden does more than anybody else I know. Right. From a exercises outside of archery outside of just building confidence getting time behind the bow which yeah. he does a lot of anyways but right. his his mental process is very different from anybody else i've ever met yeah that's good and he spends a lot of time working on that and that's obviously that's why he's been able to be as good at this as he has been for this long yeah i mean Braden's nowhere near old he's Braden's 30 32 right 32 33 um but he's been at this level for the past 15 years right so yeah so it's you know it's and that's what cody i was going to talk to you about it you know is i think usa archery usat events vita is a great place to go set that mental game up because you know you look at asa and 3d it's a completely different ball game i i think there's more i don't know if mental toughness gets in, is as enough praise as much as it needs how you manage a course well it's course a, it's a different type of game. mental approach it is, so it's yeah. an analytical medical approach correct whereas like indoor like every venue in indoor is this way all the usas are this way i even say field is this way right. it's a there's a dot there's a dot go hit there's it. a dot <laughs> hit it because yeah. at least one other guy's going to do it so yeah exactly so, but 3d so, go hit what you can't see yeah at, you know. well hit what you can't see have course management with it now in the upper end of the the known pro and the k50 courses it doesn't matter like there is no course management you're not right. you you just the go biggest after course yeah, management i have like on a k50 is who's arrow am i aiming at <laughs> all right so there's two in the upper two in the lower i could aim at the upper take two clicks off and try and like kickboard back down into it if i kick off of it i'm gonna i'll still land in the 10 right. like that's and that on a 50 yard like that is the most uh like course management you need it's yeah for known pro anyways it's it's hit a 12 like yeah. that's but it's obviously i've never shot unknown like at that level i shot unknown when i was a little kid but even then like i only ever shot the ibos and those are guess how far it is shooting 11 right. like you're aiming center 10 at it so it's a little different yeah but yeah, I think that I know the one thing that we do differently in the from an ASA, and I've taught Cody this, is that when to go for it, when not, what I call aim safe, which is we do a lot of the, you know, 50-yard target, we'll dial it in for 48 yards and aim center off to the side at 3 o'clock and try to get a, what I call a drop in 12. It, it's mm -hmm. tricking your brain, essentially. Well, to, yeah. Because you feel safer about it. You know, you go after it and aim it at a quarter at 50 yards. You know, and I, it, that's that's not easy. I mean, you make one mistake and it's an eight. I mean, really, it truly is. And uh, and I know in USAT, you guys, you guys, what? How big is that X ring or the dot on a so the fifty meters? A ten ring would be the same size as a Vegas nine. The Vegas nine, gotcha. It's an eighty centimeter. Gotcha. And that's a bigger dot to aim at, and you you can see it. And you're you know you're, you're and yeah, that, and that again, quarter lower twelve or upper twelve is that's no joke. Yeah, that's hard. But that's your game, Cody. I mean, as far as you know, and and I know you're excited this is the last and big tournament indoor for you at 20 i mean at the end of the day do you love indoor or do you just is it a have to have indoor is a necessary evil <laughs> indoor is like an iphone it's yeah it's not my favorite um when there's a lot of money on the line it becomes a little bit more fun but yeah. i mean asa is really where my passion 
is for archery. Yeah. Well, and I've told all the kids, I mean, I, and I'm a firm believer in this, that the champions are built in indoor. I think the people that do really well in indoor, that transfers out into the outdoor, even on USAT. If you yeah, know. I mean, definitely USAT and the staff. It's a mental yeah. toughness it's deal. Mental Again, toughness. It's a sit there, repetition. You sit there, make your brain do the same thing a thousand times in a row. <laughs> right. I mean, it'll drive anybody crazy. It drives yeah. me absolutely insane sometimes. Yeah. I feel the more but indoor you shoot, though, you get a little bit more. <sighs> okay, 3D. You know, you get a little more oh, relaxed. Yeah. I'm eagerly looking forward to going to fully yeah going yeah. fully getting some 3d arrows set up and yeah. getting outside a i get bit. i get obsessed with 3d though i mean like when i'm shooting good 3d if i shoot one good round to start off the season i start literally all the time 24 7 thinking about 3d and yeah. shooting good arrows and then you know when i miss which does happen a lot um it's probably the best thing that could happen for me during 3d season well and there's you know, and I don't want to talk about 3D a bunch because this is a Vegas type show. But at Thank the end you. of the day, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Jason's over here losing his mind because this is totally not his foam, foam, foam. <laughs> no, but when you do that and you blow a shot, you can get back in it with those 12s. Exactly. I mean, you and this is one thing we've talked a little bit about this in other shows. But you know, you sat indoor and stuff like that. There's no way to get back. Once you miss, so you mad. are done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and someone else didn't miss exactly. every single time. Someone else did it did perfect. Yeah, That's exactly. when you shoot the best you can and light a candle for someone else to miss. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's the old uh, thanks for coming. We'll take yeah. your money. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's not very many other venues in archery where you can win $100,000 in one weekend. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. They, they raised it ten grand each day this year for every championship. Class. Yeah, so like uh, – like for open championship, I could win a potential like there's what fifty five for the tournament itself, and then ten uh, k a day, so that's another twenty. Twenty. And that's then just from the tournament, and then twenty grand from bow manufacturer. Twenty to thirty, depending on what bow manufacturer. Five for arrows, uh, another five or ten for sight and release companies. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of. And then what fifty for the tournament, right? 50, yeah, that's a hundred grand. 55. There's a lot of cash. Oh yeah, that's a hundred thousand. It's hard to hard to argue. So with that. are you shooting? In the men, I mean, in the open championship, female, male, aren't they also every year in Vegas? They shoot the World Cup. Yeah, in conjunction so with it. So, the World Cup is the the shoot that they do Saturday night. Okay. Um, and what they do is they take the top sixteen in qualifier points from the first two, and you get points in Vegas for the first two days based on your score there. Right. Then you have to go to have to go to Nîmes for the uh, World Art or the European Archery Festival, I think is what they call it. The right. Nimes tournament, yeah. Right. Um, and then one other World Indoor Qualifier, and they had they had Australia, they had, they had Rome. Macau, Rome, Australia, Australia. and Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I think were the other three. But before, like, all you had to do was go to Nîmes and Vegas, or you could go to like I would always go to uh, Bangkok, Thailand. Bangkok, Nîmes, and then Vegas. Right. But they changed it this year to where you have to go to one of the other three or four indoor qualifiers, and then you ever, you can't miss Nîmes because that one, has, that, yeah, you get the most amount of qualifier points there. Right. And then obviously you have to go to Vegas because yeah. the tournament's in Vegas. So right. personally, I think World Archery did that to try and eliminate the top 16 from all being Americans like it was the last time. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man, dude, it's about... I think the last time I made it, it was probably 80% Americans. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good for the sport as far as. 
internationally. Yeah, but There's I mean, some great shooters out there for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, you look you look this year. We only had well, actually, we America we did pretty damn good in in Neem. Had first, yeah, second first in the men's eight. recurve, first in the uh, men's compound. Men's compound. Um, for Sarah, the Sarah win women. Paige and Alexis Ruiz right. shot for bronze. For bronze, yeah. So we had third and fourth. I think Alexis won. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, she did. And then Brady and Jack got first and second. Yeah, that's but, cool. No, I love doing that tournament. And that It's an awesome environment there because it's a lot of times it's people that have never shot that style of archery are watching. So, like, most of the people going to Vegas, I mean, yes, a large majority of them shoot USA Indoor um, or some type of feed around, right. um, but a lot of them never shot the head, head-to-head head matches to head with matches. that. Yeah. And then the production that World Archery does is awesome. Yeah, they, for, the for their finals and stuff, they do a great job. It's right. a lot of fun to watch, too. But I don't know. It, it kind of stinks this year timing-wise and everything with me coming down here and yeah. everything made it tough to try and make one of those – other qualifier yeah. but uh, i definitely want to try and do it again because that hell that's another <laughs> you gotta watch the mic there cody <laughs> Oops. Uh, it's another edit Jason. like 10 or 15 grand yeah to win that so or it's 10 grand to win it and then your contingency on top of that so right. almost 20 right i mean it's a damn good weekend heck yeah you're kidding let's do so. france next year that'd be fun well, that's gotta, the goal gotta do another one gotta do one other one yeah really yeah, you got to to make the finals. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be on the radar screen for our team. So Yeah, but if, if you take Cody to Neem, Bridger, I'm pretty sure that that story you told me yesterday will come true again. Which one's that? So he's going to go around the Coliseum and find that place at 12.30 oh in the afternoon. Yeah, so squirrel here. Um, <laughs> I was at the time. I'm trying to think when this was. It was probably three years ago, four years ago. Um I traveled there with guys yeah, dating at the time, and then my another buddy Eric. I was running the Carbon Express staff, and I was dead tired after shooting. I wanted to take a nap, and they wanted to go downtown to go shopping. And it was like I don't know four thirty or five o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, and so I'm taking a nap, and all of a sudden I wake up because Eric busts into the hotel room. He's like, "Dude, you're never gonna believe this!" And they were walking around the col- there's a big coliseum like the one in Rome, I mean, not obviously that same Coliseum, but they have, they had a Coliseum there in Nîmes downtown, and they were walking around all the touristy shops and stuff, buying souvenirs or whatever. And he's like, dude, it's 5.30 in the afternoon, and these people were in the club just getting effed up. Like, there was, he said <laughs> at 5.30 in the afternoon, like you could hear it from like three blocks away, just <laughs> the bass going, and people were packed in there shoulder to shoulder, and inebriated to the nth degree. It was crazy. Miss Europe. So, oh, man. It's huh? wild. Run the, run I'd never. Games. And then we, so we were, we wanted to go out that night. So we're like, all right, cool. I'll go there. Well, obviously, it was a lot of fun at 5, 5.30 in the afternoon. It should be hammering at like 8 o'clock. There's we nothing. got there, there was nobody there. <laughs> <laughs> there was like 10 people in there. No, so it was time. the craziest thing I'd ever seen. It was hilarious. That's funny. That's awesome. But yeah, Neem is super fun. We we usually, you know, we'll go through the Coliseum once or see whatever. But um, 
Yeah, if you've never traveled, that's a really good one to go to. If you've never traveled for an international tournament before. Yeah, that's cool. So, Cody, as far as, uh, you know, getting this Vegas thing out in front of you, they should start out from behind you and then shooting uh, the ASA tour. What are your goals this year? What are, you, what are you trying to do? For Vegas? No, just for everything. For everything? Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Vegas. Do you set a goal for yourself for this tournament? I want to shoot a 900 this year. Okay. I definitely want to make the shoot off because there is a youth shoot off. Um, making the shoot off every day for the ten grand wouldn't suck either. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, just shooting clean nine, three hundred, three hundred, three hundred. That would be, would be awesome. Um, I mean, I would like, I like to say I'd want high twenties in X count or mid twenties or whatever. But I mean, you shoot three hundred fifteen X, still better than two ninety nine twenty seven or whatever oh, yeah. you want to, yeah. you know. Um, as far as ASA. I definitely want to shoot known pro. I think I'll learn a lot more on that class um, than I will anywhere else this year. Even if I'm not, you know, top dog or being competitive with the shoot off or any of that. I think I set a goal to make top 10 two or three times this year. Right. And then if, you know, I have an amazing weekend, make the shoot off once. Yeah. But everything's going to go away if I make a shoot off, you know, being on national television, all that, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll forget how to shoot a bow probably. <laughs> but, um, and then really the only other thing is being way more mature as far as emotions come when something negative happens while shooting my bow, you know, yeah. being able to turn myself into a robot, just turn it off and move on to the next target. Right. Um, those are pretty much my goals. I haven't really thought, sat down and thought about USA too much, but I definitely want to be hyper competitive in that circuit as well. Yeah. Definitely be one of the top dogs in the. So it's going to be interesting because we talked about this. I know Bridger and I have a different opinion on it, but, you know, I think in, when you look at USAT, you want to take advantage of and probably shoot the junior division. Is that what it's called, Bridge? Yeah, so, that, like, depending on your age, they have cadet and the junior classes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and take advantage of that. Um, you know, in ASA, uh, you know, and Cody, you know, you shot uh, high school boys last year, right? Yes, sir. And, you know, and I know that from watching him, getting a chance to walk the course with him at certain times, and I know some of the stories we heard um, – it's just a different mindset. Those kids are kids. They act like kids. They're high school boys. Yeah, they're yep. high school boys. I mean, and we talked about this in, in length about you. Sh and when you're there, you shoot to that level of competition. I mean, not to brag, but you're going to podium pretty much every event. I think I did. And I don't know if that pushes you. You know, Bridger, I know, has the the opinion that go win, learn how to win. You know, and I, yeah. and I agree. I mean, that's a that's a big one. But I think well, that ASA that punished you though i mean mentally that was a mind game yeah it was definitely holding me back a little bit it got pretty nasty as far as you know remarks and everything the guys yeah. were saying to each other and there'd be some cool guys in there but i it got to the point where they'd like find my social media and then make rude remarks about my ex-girlfriend or things like that or my family right. even yeah. and it's like dude i'm just trying to shoot well, my bow and there's one thing that i think is different and I, bridger i don't know about usa archery how it correlates but i know when you shoot in the men's adult divisions in asa 95% of the shooters you will be with are are always looking for a way to call your arrow in. If it makes sense. It's very it's actually it's the opposite. Yeah, and it's opposite for the high school kids. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They're 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 killing you, you know. That arrow's not even close. And uh, that is probably I, the we'd, biggest. We kind of talked about that today yeah. as far as like us wanting to do like a teach people how <laughs> right, to score thing. How to score. Like <laughs> if you have to get down on your hands and knees and smell the arrow to call it out, it's probably in. Well, yeah. like I don't know. It's just a different mentality. I, I guess for me, I went straight from uh, shooting like the young adult and youth classes 
straight into shooting pro. I never shot amateur men's. Right. But so I can't talk about it. I know for me, like I had to learn how to score with 3D because I, all I'd ever scored was paper targets right. until three or four years ago. Right. Um, so even for me, it was a learning curve. But it was, man, it's wild shooting at like in Lancaster, and then this past weekend I was at uh, the USA Indoor at College Station. Right. Like scoring arrows with people that didn't do it for a job. Yeah. <laughs> Like man, it's a little different. Like, dude, are you really gonna call it that? Because like, I know what it's supposed to be. I know what it is. And you're you're all way off. <laughs> exactly. Well, and what you go to Jason? I don't think you've have you ever seen your arrows? Uh, only for indoor. But that's indoor. Just it. Just indoor. I've been able to score my own arrows. But yeah. when we're outdoors, I depend on other people to do it. And, right. You know. My wife has been my my agent for the for the big tournaments, and right. at first she started with a very very laid back uh, her typical Canadian attitude, where she was very polite and everything. And then she realized that hey, other people over there are trying to screw you over for points. Mm-hmm. I need to do the same thing. And and yes, yeah, she learned how to fight for points and how to get points for everybody to the point where she was scoring three targets, three bales at the same time last year in Dubai trying to teach the other agents from one was from Japan that didn't speak any English. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the other one was from um, Italy or something like that. And she's sitting there trying to teach these agents how to score. Uh, and I remember Martino, the the guy that runs Ienso out in uh, in Europe came by and, and, you know, he was really thankful and, and said, right. thank you so much for, for teaching people how to do this because not everybody out there knows the proper way of scoring. No, um, and um, at the end of the day, if you don't know and you rely on someone else, you're going to get gypped on points. Well, I can tell you, and, and I know Bridger just dealt with it last weekend, and it's it's prevalent. There's, I think it would behoove the organizations to actually do an online video class on how to properly Something, score an arrow. Because it, I think a lot of youth archers don't genuinely don't know how to call no. an arrow certain ways. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to throw, like, kids I shot with under the bus this weekend or the weekend before in Lancaster because I genuinely shot bad. Like, I didn't lose – I didn't right, but shoot still. poorly because of the people that were scoring my arrows. But, right. like, man, there's a couple ones that, like – I I mean, granted, I've looked at hundreds of thousands of arrows right. in a target on a scoring phase. So I know I have a lot more experience than a lot of people. But, man, they're just somewhere – it's to me it's common sense but i know right. there's a lot of people that just a don't have the experience with it b don't view it the same way i do or don't have uh the same knowledge level with it right so yeah i agree i think i it would be nice to see that yeah and even for some of the organizations yeah. like no specific judge that i can think of but like with the nfaa a lot of times they'll have volunteer judges and it's stuff a volunteer guy and yeah like in the nfaa handbook it teach it tells the judge exactly how they're supposed to score an arrow correct and I have almost never seen an NFAA judge call an arrow right. along the guidelines that it has in the NFAA judge's right. handbook. Right. It's thirty. Look at the arrow for thirty seconds. If it at three different angles, straight down the arrow, depending on the orientation of the arrow and the target from the left, from the right, from or both sides of the bottom, arrow, yeah. or top to bottom, however right. you want to however you want to word it. Ten seconds in each way, and if you can't. If only one of the three ways is in, the arrow gets called in. And if you look at all three and you cannot decide, then it's in. Right. It's, it's just like it's a, a shooter's format. 
Yeah, unless, it's a it. like more like with baseball, like baseball, the tie goes to the runner. Tie goes to the runner. Yeah, as an umpire, that is very correct, and that's what I don't think is happening enough. And it's crazy. A lot of it's probably based off the fact that you've got so much money involved now. Um, and anytime you well, put money and prize money, what's funny? You try to call it out. You say that, but like generally, I shoot better scores when I'm shooting with other pros because. I'm looking for a way to get my arrows called in, and so is everybody else. So right. We're usually very lenient. I Correct. love it when we – and It's mutual. Yeah, not that I don't want to shoot with, you know, kids or shoot with amateurs right. and try and teach people about the sport, but, like, from a stress level as far as, like, scoring, it's so much lower when I shoot in, like, peer groups. So, like, at, I, at the Iowa pro when I had – what was it? It was myself, Kyle Douglas, and oh, Chance. And I, one other guy, I can't remember who it was on our target. Oh, uh, Tanner Clem. Like, we've all scored tens of thousands of arrows, so obviously. Easy. Like, walk down, score them. You never we had a close one, get down, look at it. Everybody like, this is where it's in, this is where yeah. it's out. I see it in here. Yep, see it there too, boom, score. So that was one, back. you never worried about it? No, we never had one judge call. I think yeah. the whole tournament, there was, at least on the pro line, there was like two judge calls on right. the championship bails anyways for guys that shot 60s. Right. So guys that were in the running to win right there was one call on the target next to us yeah and that was that was the only call i saw and at least in our surrounding area yeah of the championship bells anyway so i don't know i i think i would like to see some sort of like scoring class or calling class yeah out there somewhere well it's, it's definitely i think something that's needed because i don't think many people know how to do it they yeah really and i don't know if it's a like your people are just blatantly doing it wrong and they just don't have well, the same so no, I'm, a, no. I'm a big stickler, even in, you know, in the known senior classes. It, it's been this way my whole career, actually, when it comes to 3D. Um, I'll use that as an example that once the precedent has been set and someone sticks yeah. to a call, then it's kind of like baseball. Once you set that strike zone and you're going to give two balls on the outside and one on the inside, mm-hmm. do that the whole darn game. Yeah. So what irritates me as a, as a competitor is when it's happenstance. Okay, if we're going to call that one out, let's do it the whole day. You know, oh, yeah. We're gonna, I've we're heard gonna, the, well, you're going to call that one out, but you called that one yeah, in exactly. back there. I've heard and, that and a thousand times. Exactly. <laughs> and it creates so much animosity within the group. Yeah. Now, this is on rare occasion. And how I've been doing 3D for 20-plus years, and I can think on one hand how many times this happened. But it mm-hmm. has, and I just asked to be consistent. I, actually, I hate calling. I'm usually the score guy. See, I like – So I never have to deal with it. I like writing the score down, and I like calling. Yeah. Because, like, to me, the way I approach looking at any arrow call is – it's There's one or two things. It's either in or it's out. Yeah, like exactly. you, there ain't, there's no in between. So do you go out the usual do ninety percent of the time? You're, you look at it and say, yep, that's in. Yep, that's out. That's right ninety percent of the time. So do you live by the rule of if I can't call it out, it's in? Yeah. Okay. You have because a lot of guys don't do that. I mean, I hate to say it. You shouldn't go up to an arrow trying, trying to, to call, call it out. out. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll look at an arrow and try and listen to arguments to try and get stuff called in but i man sometimes there's arrows there's just they're just not there right exactly but sometimes you look at them and like they are i mean yeah. it's um, crazy because i am so pro caller i mean pro shooter that i sometimes walk out and i feel bad i mean if it's yeah close like i mean i literally feel end. bad i'm like bro i would love to give you this but it's just not there you know yeah. it sucks um, because i want the shooters to you know you know, it's funny, um, David Pena, a very good friend of mine, owns Archery Outfitters in Corpus. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, you remember this one, Cody. He set a course 
um, for the for a state qualifier, which was probably the softest course I've ever seen in my entire life. You, you remember that? Thirty eight up. You shot thirty eight up on that course. Yeah, <laughs> with a brand new bow that <laughs> I never shot before. You never shot before. And I kind of yelled. I didn't yell, but me and Dave were talking. I'm like, bro, this is like. It's almost a joke, man. You you needed to make it tougher, and you know what? It's said, and, I, and I'll never forget this. You won't leave my course feeling bad about your shot about archery, and that's going to make you come back. And, and it's actually genius, you know. Yeah. You leave there feeling really good about your score. You're going to come back and shoot more, you know. Now, granted, your level, you would have hated it because it was a gravy train course. Yeah, over aimed everything. Everything, yeah. I think <laughs> I remember one time walking through a K forty five course at an ASA and I was like man if I didn't shoot 36 plus on this I would, I would be pissed. probably <laughs> jump off a bridge <laughs> yeah, exactly so, so I don't know I definitely wouldn't have enjoyed it no, no you would have you would have you it's like if you miss a ring you're pissed off you're really yeah. bad yeah because <laughs> yeah, it was close that day but so anyways Cody real quick let's go back to you you're uh um you know talking about your your what you're looking for what uh you know, you've been doing this for four years now, pretty hyper-competitive for two years. So you're kind of an infant when it comes to the, you know, your development within the sport, but you've had great success. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer this is what, you know, you have a God-given talent. I always say that, you know, you were put on the planet to do this. What uh, where do you see the sport growing? Where would you like to see this sport go? And I mean, don't just talk about ASA. I mean, it's, you know, what's some of the things that you would like to see change potentially? Um. Part of what I'm really liking about what the, where the sport's going right now is I think a couple of tournaments are getting national television channels this year. Yeah. Um, I think USA just added money to their the the, USATs. The USATs, I think. There's a I shooter's think so. Pot. Yeah, shooter's pot or something. Shooter's pot, which they I did, think uh, is going to help grow that a lot. I mean, you're spending so much money to register and yeah, they, get I think there. For USA Indoor this year, they call it the Champions Purse. That added a little bit to that indoor the indoor national final that they have before the NFAA deal. I think but they did it for outdoor too, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. And then I like think I was like jumping TV up and down channels, when I saw it. TV channels. I was talking to Keith Mott when he was in here earlier. Uh, the oh, Lancaster yeah. shoot-up was on. On Direct TV. Yeah. He told me that. Things like that is what I love. I love to see that happen, you know, the sport growing. Because th- it actually interests a lot of people watching someone shoot a bow. And right. what is that long thing sticking out the front? What are they aiming through and all that? Right. Um, and – I think being in the shop so much, seeing all these little archers. I mean, the other day we had a kid who just now picked up a bow. He's 20 arrows in, and it was like, this kid's going to be incredible. He needs to be. I remember that kid. Yeah, yeah. he was insane, you know. Um, I think a lot of kids are getting actually more fascinated with target archery than they are with bow hunting. I think what actually brought me into the bow shop was, that was when you were half taxidermy, half bow shop. Yeah, I saw exactly. the mounts on the wall, and I was like, whoa, I want to go in there. <laughs> and then you're like, Dead hey, animals. shoot a bow. But I think a lot of more kids are like, I like hitting the middle. And then you can right. go get your bullets back, your arrows, and do it again, and it becomes addicting. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good up-and-coming youth archers right now, like Cade, Dane, you know, all those kids. Yeah, just I think. in our shop. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good youth archers, period. Period. Yeah, there. exactly. And I think it's because they get obsessed with hitting the middle. You know, yeah. there's just like subconsciously they just over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Anything um, and what about the games as far as you know, USA archery is you know, do you like the format um of the you know, the dot shooting or I'll be honest, you know. I'm not a hu- I'm not the biggest fan of USA archery personally. Um, as far as I think, just things, every simple things with bales and not letting shooters into tournaments, even when you have extra bales, or not letting them register there when you have extra bales. Um, I think the money thing's going to help grow that side of the sport. 
uh, just everything kind of down to how they run a tournament, you know, with weather and that's it, more organizational than anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. we've been fighting that for years. I think everyone's fighting it, and they just don't listen, you know. Um, USA is definitely probably my least favorite organization of archery, but I can definitely see why people get so addicted to it. And there's, I mean, if they gave their shooters a voice, they could make that side of archery, you know, absolutely blow up. But it's definitely more TV friendly from a from a venue well, format. You can't really. F- well, organizationally it is like as far as like all right bro set your camera here they're gonna shoot over there exactly it's this far and they're trying to hit the middle of that thing but 3d it's tough to do that and even the shoot down there's a big huge boom following the shooters and the targets and it's a lot Mm -hmm. of equipment just to film what five shooters well they do as an organization usa archery does an incredible job of media uh, you, they you the only, talked about it. They're the only ones that sell the shooters. Yeah, they sell the shooters, and that's where they the do. sport, that is where ASA falls tremendously on their face. Um, heck, if it wasn't for Cam or Bow Junkie, nobody would even know who these guys are. A shoot-down needs really. to be filmed like a, um MMA fight. Yeah. Coming in from Pennsylvania, blah, yeah. blah, blah, shoots for this company. Just yeah. walk up, get in somebody's face. Who the F is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Start clucking water bottles around. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think interviews after tournaments, I think Cam does that a little bit with the Matthew shooters and stuff yeah. like that. And I think you watch the ASA videos on YouTube and they started doing that a little bit. But interviewing your leaders coming into tournaments and, you know, your top qualifiers and stuff like that is going to help grow the sport, making it more of a sport than just an archery tournament, I guess you could yeah. say. And I don't want to say archery is not a sport, but no, if you made it like an MMA fight, like almost like weigh-ins and stuff, which interviews, then you'd have a lot more people following it because it gets them excited. It's more than just going to a tournament it's now there's other things to watch out for in the weeks okay so you're a young kid and i'm gonna throw something at you um because bridger and i have talked a ton about this um there's not a lot of what's the word i'm looking for um emotion allowed in the sport and what i mean there is i'm gonna use golf as an example um tiger woods came on board and what for the first time ever in history the the what they call it the the people that follow him, I mean, the what do they call it? The gallery. The gallery yeah. that's going from hole to hole. They're out there screaming and yelling like a bunch of fans, like in a football game. It's like watching Happy and, Gilmore. Yeah, and I remember the first time I seen it, like at the Masters, I think it was, or something. I know it really bothered a lot of the old guard. You know, we can't have mm-hmm. this in golf. This is crazy. Um, this is it's not appropriate behavior for our sport. But yet, it put the sport exploded from the yeah. TV. I think that's so dumb. I get it being a gentleman's sport, but I think you keep it gentleman's sport to what you wear and how you present yourself on the course, but let them hype up an athlete because an athlete feeds off energy. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I drained a hole in one and everyone went, <laughs> like, okay, this is not fun anymore. Yeah. You know, if well, I just didn't have money, I wouldn't be here. So I'm, I'm going to pose a question to you. I mean, do we, as as archers, as an archery organization, should we be doing more you know, letting that emotion out because, you know, it's subdued. I think, you know, I, I know when you won World Cup, it's probably the most I've ever seen anybody freak out. You know, Braden does a fist pump when he mm-hmm. wins, I think. But there's probably a, if you could, you probably would really get crazy. But you probably felt, oh, gosh, I got to tone it down. I mean, uh, I, was, I always I said, if I ever won Vegas, I'm going to like throw my bow into the crowd. <laughs> I'll make it. sure to throw it to one of you guys so that yeah, I can get yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 100% ready to huck my bow yeah. into the crowd. But that's, I think <laughs> motocross racers get a bottle of champagne sh- sprayed all over them. And, yeah. you know, I think I watched Vegas last year and everyone started clapping and they 
whoever won it just turned around and waved all the way down at the by the bales. Like yeah. you're not throwing weights or arrows out in the crowd or anything, and yeah. everyone all excited about it. But I might shy away from hucking arrows out there. Yeah. Just pull the points out real quick. Yeah, <laughs> pro points, a little sharp. I'm shooting those Super Drive 27s. Those things are. Cool. Dude, they'll break your skin. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. You poke me in the guy. back. <laughs> Congratulations, you won all this money, and now you just lost it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Vegas. No, but I mean, but you, would you like to see us, you know? I, I think guess. there should be more emotion in the sport. Yeah. I think part of what's holding people back from that is you have to kind of make yourself emotionless to not miss, you yeah, know? But right. I think there's definitely, like, if you win, go crazy. Like, celebrate yourself. Right. And let the crowd celebrate. They should be excited for you. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's obviously fan favorites, but if anyone wins, it's still congratulations. So, you know? like, you know, I know you've shot with him as far as an individual, but, like, I've always said this. If you could follow Tim Gillingham on the course, it would be the greatest TV ever. Oh, my gosh. Because when like he the, misses, I could not imagine. The, the, like. like, the same way they have, like, the mic'd up. Yeah. NFL or what's the NASCAR show where they're racing? They oh, in the headsets, the, the headsets, and the headsets so where the guys are talking to the the crew chief and everything. Yeah. Thirty eight just cut me off. What's going on? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like listening, having a mic'd up session with like, I mean Gillingham or cousins, Braden or cousins or like. There'd be a lot of expletives with myself. A lot of editing out. I mean, but even if but you, it was just bleach, it's hilarious and it brings it people to watch it. Like Archery Hooligan is getting blown up because. They're a meme page, and it's relating to everyone, and it's hilarious. You know, well, things like that grow. What's the sport. crazy? He's calling out a lot of things that really happened. Yeah, it's, he's, he's saying what everyone thinks. It's just that's what I love about the page. Man. Yeah, but I mean, I think that is one of the things that the sport's not. I think it's holding it back a little bit because we're not seeing that that there is emotion in the sport a lot, and definitely some drama and drama, and that is well, what you don't need to be a reality television show. We're not Real Housewives. Uh, no, but whatever. But but like as far as like going back to uh, the organization selling their shooters, right? That emotion sells me. I mean, you and I, like I said, you and I have talked about yeah. it. Like when Ike and Ellie and uh, Bill Dance and all the guys oh. with uh, oh, the Bass Tour, the Bass Tour mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Like they Ike and Ellie, Ike and Ellie snapping rods in half, and Bill Dance showing up with like 80 years old with bleach blonde dyed hair and yeah. doing all this weird oh. crap that he would do well jared swindle all he does is talk trash mm-hmm. the entire time i mean it's he like is, storage wars you know there's, yeah there's drama and emotion there's, and that's why and who would have ever guessed storage wars you could make a tv show out of uh, selling storage, storage, units. Units. storage units for real they're like they make big money now. and the only reason people watch it is because drama and there's a little bit of mystery well, but not much i mean most a, of the time it's a bag of clothes on the I tv mean, yeah that's a uh like a Stage reality show and Archer is. is a little different, but you could yeah. you could still have like those storylines. Same with like UFC fights and that kind of stuff. Right. But again, I don't know that like we would be able to carry the intensity of UFC fights. No, because we're the press conferences. Like just the mentality of the human beings that shoot archery is vastly different than guys that try to kill each other. For yeah, a willingly yeah. jump into a steel cage and try to try and beat other. the piss out of each other. Yeah. Well, very I, very different human beings. Archery is an eternal. <laughs> it's an eternalized sport. I mean, you got to stay within yourself to shoot well. I think, but yeah, I think it's interesting though because I, I know we've talked a lot about it, and uh, for our sport to, I think, to get over the hump, it's going to take something big to change. I, I think I just think we're going to have to do it different. I mean, in the future, uh, I don't think it's going to ride. It's going to stay the same like it has. You know, it's grown for sure, but it'll stay the same most mostly if we just keep riding the same. You know the same wave that we're on now. Um, 
Yeah, I was. I told my parents a while back. We're we're driving home late from somewhere, and I was just thinking, like, theoretically, what would happen if I won Vegas? Like, I want to be a good person, obviously, and I want to be a good role model. But whatever everyone has pinned up as a professional archer, I kind of want to be like the polar opposite. Like, you know, all these long captions on Instagram. I'm sure people love the stories and everything, but you know, maybe if I just said like broke even on the weekend after gambling or something, (laughs) people would you know get a laugh out of it and something different because I mean everyone's kind of following the same path right now as far what as archery it, goes. What was, speaking of archery hooligan, what was the post that he had where it said, like, just came back, or blank tournament just wrapped up, shot oh, yeah. a blank score, or, yeah, like, yeah. like to take my bow. blank arrow company, <laughs> blank bow company. Yeah. It is like exactly like that, though. I do find that Exactly, hilarious. yeah. That's like, why I'm so inactive on social media. Cause I, a, I'm not a very open person anyways, but... Too like how oh, man I just I, I hate, followed so I hate people. that post I hate those posts yeah. all I of them thank God that. for this weekend ended up putting it together out of rough day one like I've seen that eighty well, times you know it's funny I'm just here so I don't get fined yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> well I was li- you know it's funny I was listening to our ATA you know our patch pirate today actually I was listening to it because someone said there was an audio issue and I wanted to hear it down to this. but you know it's funny because I read these posts every day and there's what. 30 hashtags behind it on, you know, Carver Depressed Arrows, Matthew's Bows. Half the caption is Excel. Yeah, and it's just like, and, and you, you look at, and who is this guy? You don't even know who he is. And it's, I don't know, I don't want to get off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> no, Start I ranting. I, no, I really don't. The, no, but, so I'll, <laughs> I want to give you a chance here to pimp out your brand. Um, you, you started a new uh, branding program now. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? So, quick. What I want to say, a couple months back, uh, I founded the company Quiver Brand, QVR Brand, www.qvrbrand.com, by the way, and Instagram is QVR Brand. Go give it a follow. Go hit it up. Um, we're basically making merch um, for the archery industry, but something a little different. You know, we're half hunting and a little more target archery as well because there's not really a target archery there's brand. Not. There's not. Yeah. yeah. Um and we're working on our spring line right now as far as that goes. But we've got some hats launched, some beanies, a couple shirts. Uh, we're working on some different things, working on some tournament-specific hats or shirts and logos and things like that. But the whole idea behind it is just being something different, you know, giving archery a chance to grow a little bit, target archery. You know, you don't ever see a, someone walk around with a target archery shirt. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, cool designs that me and my buddies think are cool or me and my family, we just put them out and, See how they do and wear them around and sport it. Right, and that's that's done by your your parents have created a company called Branded Iron. Branded Iron. Yeah, and just to, you know for our listeners, I mean they're doing a lot of stuff now with embroidery, logo design, stuff like that. You know, and he's lucky his uh, his mother's a marketing professional and she is extremely good at what she does. And I think they're already doing a lot for the archery community and as well as just businesses so. we've picked up like six or eight clients in yeah. the past week and a half yeah it's pretty big and they're, they do a great job pricing i think is incredible too so um get out and take a look at that that qvr brand actually is pretty cool my favorite is the pump station t-shirt i think that shirt is awesome it's awesome yeah. um i think a lot of people that are going to be in vegas will love that ringmaster shirt the ringmaster yeah the so I know not a lot of people don't know who you are, Cody, and I'm not that I'm like that overtly famous, but uh, if you see anybody wearing an LEA hat, and we have, heck, I'm wearing it now, but it's uh, the new, our new Vegas shooter hat or whatever. They're going to be a team it. hat, a black team hat with, you know, teal and white LE on it. Your parents made it too, but 
come find me or somebody if you want to buy shirts. I yeah. know Cody's going to have some stuff with him, right. but I'll make sure to have some as well. And we'll we can get set up with some yeah. start slinging some some merch out there. Get you on some some shirts and stuff. threads. That's what everybody calls them. Threads. That's what the hip kids call them, right? I don't know. You're threads. I don't know. Your clothing. It's my clothing line, bro. You're Gen Zer. So what, Cody? I got a question. What do you want to do in the sport? What's your goal, long term? What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be rich when I grow up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you're, <laughs> not gonna, you're not going to do it, North. You better get out of our well, nah, I gotta have a real side now. hustle or something. <laughs> um, I really just want to make a huge impact, especially on the youth. Last year during a pro am, probably ten kids, twelve kids came up to me, and they were all. Yeah, I was Anywhere there from that. six to what twelve. Yeah, that was and cool. it was almost like I don't want to say fan club, but fan club. And they asked me how I shot and asked me how my weekend was, and I was like, that right there is way cooler than any archery score I'll ever shoot. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's way bigger than a score or a check or anything. Is just being able to show, you know, being a role model to younger kids. And I mean, you can make amazing relationships through archery as well. Yeah. Obviously, like we're sitting at a table and leading edge, the team is literally a family. I mean, we treat each other like a family. Even um, fighting, we fight like a family. We fight like a family, Absolutely. you know, but it's what family does. And love each other at the same time. But really just make a huge impact on the sport as far as being a good role model. Um, as far as competing, I would just like to be the guy that shows up to any competition, any discipline, and can, I mean, watch out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that guy can shoot. I think they said it at the US USAT tournament, they're like, wow, you redneck woods archery is coming out here to show Lauren archery how to shoot. It's pretty funny, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's one of my goals. I've I've always said it. I wanna I wanna help develop the first handful of guys that do USAT, Vita, and ASA, and exactly. are successful at all the, three. Because the ideal, we definitely show. I think most of the guys now are pigeonholed in their discipline, and they do really mm -hmm. well in it. And it's and it, you know, but that's how they make their money. So you can't fault them for that. I mean, right? You 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 really can't. But man, if you could be well rounded, I think it would be amazing. I think it's there's not very many of those guys out there right now, for sure. I mean, you're either a dot shooter or you're a foam you're shooter. You're a foam shooter, yeah. I've heard that a million times for sure. Jaybird, who What's we up? got coming up? I know we've got some pretty big people lined up. And by the way, Bridge, I'm going to task you with this. Let's see if we can get Braden on. I'd love to talk to him. I know I know him, so yeah. Yeah, you guys are pretty tight, so yeah. We need to see. And I don't know if Guillotine likes to do things like this. I've actually never heard him do one. So it He has his a, own podcast. Guillotine I'll does? give a shout out to Braden's podcast. I didn't know that. That T-shirt I wear all the time, Archery Uncensored. That's yeah. uh, Braden Guillotine and then uh, Sean Kutcher, buddy his from back home. Really? Amateur shooter, yeah. They See, have their own podcast, that. so I'll give a shout a out to them. What? Uncensored Archery? <laughs> no, they're very, he's very professional. <laughs> yeah. Just because. He's got to be. Oh, yeah. Just for, just because <laughs> the dude's from Boston doesn't mean he goes. <laughs> it's not Crazy. quite like watching, uh, oh, what's the movie, Matt Damon? Uh Oh, I know. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, it's not yeah. exactly Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. I was, I was thinking more like Mark Wahlberg and Ted. Yeah, Mackie. Yeah, it's not quite like the Ted series, no. So, but yeah, he does have his own podcast. Yeah, we gotta get him on then. Maybe we can, you know, yeah, give him a push on this side. We've too. got a couple people lined up. Um, I'm not gonna say who we have until they're actually on. Okay, but I don't know if you were gonna share with them. <laughs> nah, it's a big it's one. We have secret. one big one. So we're kind of excited about that, and hopefully he'll come on, and we'll get to share that with our listeners. It'll be a good one for sure. Um, John oh, Cena, right? Oh, yeah, John Cena. Cena. Yeah, he's on here. I think he's getting on next week or something like that. No, that's a negative ghostwriter. 
Yeah, we're we're definitely got a lot of a lot more new content coming out, especially with the with the change in release dates. I think we're going to be able to keep the information flow a little bit more mm-hmm. fresh. Right. So um, again, to cover that, like this podcast com- is going to come out on Wednesday, February fifth. Um, after that, we're going to skip that following Wednesday and start releasing on Friday. So correct. We're going to have a dry day. We're not. We won't have a podcast. Right. Next week, Wednesday the twelfth, we're going to start releasing on Fridays, which the will 15th. start the fourteenth. Fourteenth, gotcha. You guys releasing on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, we have a Valentine's Day podcast. Yeah, yeah we're talking I'll about dress up as Cupid. Bridger will sing. <laughs> Bridger's going to sing finally. No, dude, we're going to talk about this every day until you. And sing. we're going to. And we're going you know, to. You know, we're going to have. I'm actually getting messages now about this. So this is this is starting to become a thing. You're going to have to like follow me into the bar. <laughs> and just like secretly track and secretly record me. Record you? Yeah. No, come on. You got no. a microphone? Is everything set up right here? I mean, if you sing, Jason's got the radio. I mean, the playing on the computer. If you sing, Scott will sit there and rake his little Zen garden. <laughs> no, I will not <laughs> rake my. Zen. I needed that today, tonight. See, it's coming. Like a little sand. <laughs> it's coming. I took Whoosh. out. I don't know how many things of trash I took out tonight. Or a I was pissed off about stuff. calligraphy corner. No, no. One of the little counter deals. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal. If you sing on the podcast, I will let Jason do a 10-second clip with me and with the Miyagi whatever thing on. Sold. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've already done that. No, we have not. <laughs> I made you an umbrella. We'll yeah, you guys made an umbrella. Right. Exactly. Right. Your little head wrap and everything. That's a deal. So we need to do that. you got to sing, for, dude. For reference for the yeah. listeners, if you haven't met Scott Hamlin, oh, Scott wow. Hamlin is <laughs> – Scott Hamlin's a, like – Five foot two, standing up yeah, with yeah, platform yeah. shoes on. <laughs> That's why we're boots. and slightly, you know, Eastern Asian. Yeah, just a little, little bit. So we like to. He's a whiz with the bow, so we always like to call him Mr. Miyarchi instead of Mr. Mr. Miyarchi. That cannot, that cannot stick. Or Archer Yoda. Archer Yoda. No, Archer Yoda. He's about the same height as Yoda, so that's probably a little closer. <laughs> He doesn't have the big ears, though. No, I don't have big ears. That's, he does have the same, about the same department. hairstyle. That's the same though. hairstyle, exactly. Yeah, he, he, he's slowly get getting there. I heard Scott's getting a mullet. No, that, Scott's getting a haircut. No, you need to grow that thing out. It's looking no, fresh. No, so I got to get a haircut. Neck warmer. Neck warmer But anyways, no. And then the other thing I wanted to tell, um, we have been getting some great ideas from y'all on Instagram. I know there are about a half a dozen people that blew up my phone on Insta, but there were some really good topics on there. Yep. So... We were actually going to do this show around that, but then we thought, hey, you know what? We're right coming into Vegas. We got Cody here training like crazy. Um, let's do a Vegas show. But um, you know, maybe we can. We, we're going to be banking on those ideas. Please keep them coming because there's some really good content. Um, and maybe we'll do one show just go through our our phones yeah. and answer those questions as they come up. You know, and if we have to chase you know ten squirrels at night, it might be a really un unstructured type podcast but it'll get i think there's some good stuff out there for sure i think that's starting to be our trademark it is you know and then i know jason you had talked about it maybe you know and after listening to that podcast today you know is there is there room for us to go back and do a i guess a A a 2.0 absolutely on on that subject matter not so much the ata but you know the state of our industry and what you know what it's doing i think we'll touch up around that around the summertime you know, get a couple tournaments under our belt, see yeah. what's going on out there, get some ideas or or some feedback from the people and right. talk about that. What I really like to do, and I know you've talked about this quite a bit, and so is Bridger, is do the uh, 
people of the internet questions because I've seen some some golden questions out there on uh, Archery Talk or on uh, Archery no, Unlimited. No, 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 do I just say it? Target Archery Unlimited. Target yeah. Archery Unlimited. Even the uh, like the elite pages, uh, all those pages. People have some some interesting questions, and next to the smart ass answers that they're getting, maybe we can give them some legit answers, <laughs> and maybe some smart ass answers for some of the questions yeah, too. Right. But no, I think that that would be an interesting thing to do. Oh, it would be so funny because so. I, I literally just read the initial question that's asked and I might read the one or two posts that are replied to, you know, out of the 80 and those enough are enough to just shut it off because it's, it's hilarious. Um, there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks out there. That's for sure. Yep. But yeah, we need to do that. I know the one that I've, everyone that I have been talking to, and I think this would be a great one is a Mythbusters of archery. Um, that one I think would be awesome, <laughs> plausible, you know, no, that's not happening. It's completely denied and stuff like that because there's just so much out there regarding that. So you're saying six Fletch is not going to stabilize my arrow. Uh, it's a negative ghostwriter. Well, it, it will. Let's yeah. put this <laughs> sharp plastic thing on my string and it stick will. it on my nose. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, Don't oh. even <laughs> might mute his, or mute. edit that out. <laughs> mute his <laughs> mic. <laughs> Nose button. And then mute Scott's because he's going to go on a tangent. No, but I don't have to because Cody is as bad as me when it comes to that. I'll light someone up. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't care. I already got got on him on the live feed. Did you really? Oh, yeah. But you got banned, didn't you? And cut off? (laughs) No, you didn't. They got banned from that. that He just, what they do with that? You blocked you. Nose button one. (laughs) Taylor made a video. He just got done shooting like a 35 and a half inch axis, which is a monster axis. Yeah. The first thing he does is grab a berry from a tree next to him. No, he didn't. I'd like to thank my sponsors and stuck it on his string. (laughs) The funniest thing in the world. Who did that? Caleb. Oh, God. And you guys got banned for that, didn't you? Oh, you we got banned from the live feed. We were down at the ranch and just giving him hell. He just, this is the first time we found out about it too it's like oh, yeah, some people's <laughs> kids man yeah get it get, come on who's letting their kids out talking that's funny that's what happens when you give kids technology these days apparently no. they just never heard of they're they're better at it than we are yeah i mean honestly just dude when i was 16 my phone had like it was like one of the first phones where i could get on facebook uh-huh. like with the tiny computer in my pocket but it was still like I would have to slide the screen up and then it had a little cursor like the old IBM computers where you'd move the mouse around right I had that and it was a full QWERTY keyboard on there like it wasn't touchscreen at all right 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 right. was it was it a slide one that slid yeah yeah I had one of those in third grade yeah probably it was like green and white was it when I was 16 my phone was still attached to the wall (laughs) seriously well we were talking about earlier today had music blaring when we were shooting yeah and like get low by little john or something came on yeah and i looked at cody and i was like dude you weren't even alive when this song came out nope. <laughs> what were you playing today nope to the window yeah to, to the, the wall, wall. <laughs> like he, cody was literally two years from being born when that song, when that got song released. came out that's kind of scary wow what the little john song yeah, yeah john and song. i was dancing to that in savannah georgia yeah dude it's like a Jason's a crazy man. He's pretty wild. You'd I'm old. Wildin'. Wildin'. down. I think I didn't listen to it because I was so old. I was into country at the time. Wow. See, like, Scott listens to oldies, but they're not oldies to him. No. It's just music. <laughs> 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 
He doesn't even realize he's not. Yeah, no. this is music. Yeah, exactly. No, Scott listens to some Drake. I've heard it. It's yeah, pretty funny. Like you do the, throw down. He'll uh, come into the shop every good. once in a while and be like, "Man, did you listen to that new Conway Twitty?" <laughs> <laughs> no, come on now. Hey, and also I think we've talked about this. So just you know, we've got our own kind of studio built now in the back. Getting there, yeah. So we don't have to take this crap down every time. And I want to do a camera cameras up there because we talked about putting this on yeah, youtube cool. which means we have to really yeah if you guys want if you guys want it on youtube let us know if you like watching people sit around and talk, talk as opposed to just listening it to works it. for rogan i guess it's true you could do one even on, on yeah, the wall yeah. i don't know about you or you guys i've never hosted mma or any talk show so no no That's i don't true. think we have that following just yet we don't have that kind of clout no nah. i would say People like it because Rogan's a lot better looking than we are. But Rogan himself said, "I look like a thumb with two thumbs." <laughs> the thumb with two thumbs. He does actually. But then, they, then everybody can see my mullet that I'm growing. It's a yeah. That, it's we good to be close. about as big as shafts. The, the infamous racing stripes. No, yeah. he's actually growing his top knot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's you know, right. He said he was going to grow. I am going to actually put a man bun on. No, I'm not doing that. I I despise people that put man bun. Anyways, um, just look, leave look, that. Yeah, no, he can't. Um, other than that, we've got some good stuff coming. Hopefully, you guys are going to like the new format. I mean, the new Friday releases. I think it's going to be easier for us. We'll try to stay more up to date um, and then get back, I think, on the next one, try to get into some more technical stuff. I know we're going to probably get some feedback on that. People want to hear the tech side. They like it. Yeah. And talk about, you know, I, that matter of fact, a couple of the things on there is how do we set up stabilizer bars? You know, what, you know, how, God, you can do that for hours. Um, you know, how we set up our rest. I'm one guy, I'm, I think, said, you know, what's the difference between limb-driven and cable-driven? Which one's better? Um, and that's, a lot of that's going to be opinionated. I mean, a lot of guys love cable. A lot of guys love limb. And, you know, we'll talk about through all that to give you, the listener, a, a chance to see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're, you're a big cable-driven guy, I'm a big limb-driven guy, and, and let you make the decision on which way you want to go. Because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer with that. No, I, I mean, as with almost anything technical in a like a human environment as far yeah. as like exterior environment where shooting outside all that stuff when you have the human element involved in it right it's all situational exactly like everything about this sport is situational right yeah so we'll, we're going to talk through some of that stuff and get some of those things answered for sure and then uh and also i know we're going to do one and uh you know and hopefully you guys will be excited about it but we're going to talk about nutrition and fitness around archery i mean i have actually gotten a lot of people to want to talk about that wanting us because we're kind of all three of us sitting here become these fitness buffs and a, you know especially training jason in the last 10 12 weeks um and talk about that and how it relates to the sport i mean i i you know not to jump on it not to even extend this any farther but you know this sport and especially the hunting side of it is getting more fit it's everything about it. I mean, between mountain ops and wilderness, uh, wilderness, what is it? Wilderness athlete, wilderness athlete, and you look at all the the, the social media stuff on it. I mean, it's becoming crazy about fitness. I mean, it's becoming a big part of what this whole movement is in archery. Yeah, the the big fit to hunt. Yeah, train yeah. to hunt, train to hunt, fit to hunt, elk shape, mm -hmm. hunt, train, repeat, hunt, train, repeat. That's Blake's yeah business. <laughs> I never understood whitetail fit because I've hunted whitetails my whole life. You, you sit don't have to stand fit. all yeah. day. The fittest thing you can do is, yes, how long you can sit idle. Or 
You just gotta have a nice flat ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's white tail fit for you. White tail goal. As long as you're under that miles an hour. You know what's yeah, crazy? As long as you're though? under that three fifty stand limit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but honestly, that's but they're pretty big if I'm not mistaken. Aren't he they? is. His brother Ethan is hilarious. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. He's good stuff. Yeah. But it's literally hilarious. pack some PB and J sandwiches, go sit up at a stand for twelve hours. Roll toilet paper is real important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean but that's it. But yeah. <laughs> Granola bars, water bottle. Yeah. Mountain honey though is a whole different ballgame. So hopefully we're going. Yeah, we're going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk about the fitness side of the sport. You know, and I think you will be pretty cool to talk through it because you've now been on both sides of it on the extreme, right? What are you trying to say, Scott? Well, okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> but 16 years old, you were in great shape. I seen it. He's. I seen pictures of this guy. He's a cross country runner, which was hilarious. And then, you know, you graduate high school, you got a little chunky. And and then I hit about, I think the highest I hit was like 230 in 2016. And the biggest reason he turned 21. Exactly, you hit that legal age. It's weird. Alcohol has a lot of calories. It's a lot, especially when you consume carb intake and through the roof with beer. And I'm sorry, but the beer you drink, Bush Bush Light. Hey, to be fair, but okay, Bush Light has 96 calories in it. Really? Yeah, it's not that bad. But when when you're 21 years old and you drink 30 30 of them, (laughs) I don't do like. If my mom's no. listening, I don't do that. No. That's not a thing, no. guys. I think we're just joking. Last joking. night was the most I drank in quite a while, and I had like ten beers, right, because of the football game. But my it point was being, Super Bowl. yeah, but my point being is that you you've kind of taken that and went up to two thirty, and uh, you're coming back down, eating healthier, mm-hmm. working out. Looking, looking lean, he's man. Looking, hey, looking this nice. analyst shirt wow. he's wearing. This is why I wish we had video. He's like all buffed out today. It makes him look huge. I don't even have a good pump. I haven't, I haven't worked out since Thursday. Good yeah. pump, bro, dude. Good pump. Well, good when pump. he does, I can tell you the guy's he could be like massive, like Blake massive. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that though. We're and I think that would be a great subject because you, like I said, you've seen both sides of it. Well, and I've been on the negative side of it too, as far as like not wanting to do it, right? Because of archery, archery. Yeah, and it'll be cool to talk through that and give people some insight into you know why a lot of people don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think there's some valid points there. Even though I'm on the fitness side, I think it's just more important for longevity and so on and so forth. You know, Jason, you'll be a great subject for that too because you've you're doing it now. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? You know, real quick, just to maybe touch on it, you just admitted you what yesterday. You know, your recovery now has been cut in half. Correct. Because you went into that in great shape. Yep, going into that surgery, and I mean, I spent a week in the hospital on my back, laid out, without being able to get up or do anything, and. You know, I got up on Monday morning, got discharged on Tuesday. I um, think I pushed myself a little too hard because Tuesday, as soon as I got discharged, I was here at the shop. Yep, that was um, dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so spent another two days laid out. And then yesterday, coming over to uh, to watch the Super Bowl, I I told Courtney, I was like, you know what, I'm going to drive, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump in my uh, my driver's seat. And I, I, when I say jump, I seriously almost jumped. And I pushed myself up. I was like, whoa, where'd this strength come from? (laughs) And, you know, it was just residual. I haven't been in the gym for a week and a half, and it's still there. So I'm pretty excited to get back to it next week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So that's definitely real quick. Yeah. I mean, is everybody glad Kansas City won? Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 My buddies at home are all diehard Kansas City fans, and I was showing – Cody, a couple Snapchats, a couple other guys in here. They are diehard. Like, I have a picture of Chris, his brother Matt, and their dad, Chris Sr., from, like, I don't know, 1991. 
or something to where they're all wearing like old school old logo school Chiefs, gear yeah. and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But they've been lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan and the Snapchats I was getting of them partying last night were so oh, A+. Plus. That it was, was great. a great game. It, it, it was, was actually it was a, great a game. game. Yeah, because I so. uh, third quarter I kind of checked out because I thought the Chiefs were done. You did, and then I started hitting and then all you around. Gosh, six Bridges minutes going left. nuts, and I was like, "Whoa, we got to go back." And it's three scores later, they're winning the Super Bowl. Tell you so. what, it it beat last year's ten to three Super Bowl. So, yeah. so for reference, when Kansas City played Houston, which everybody here was all upset about because Houston lost, they were down by twenty four at one point, won by twenty points. Yep. Then they played the Titans in the AFC Championship. And down. They were down by 10 points, ended up winning by 11. Yeah. And then in the Super Bowl, they were down by 10, ended up winning by 11. By 11, yeah. That's, that's a comeback team for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Old Batty Mahomes there. Well, I was glad to see it for Andy Reid because I've always been a fan, and I thought it was cool that he finally won Old one. Kool-Aid, man. Did you see the picture of him dabbing? Uh-uh. Oh, he like like the old the dab move <laughs> yeah. where you, you bottle flip. <laughs> dab. Yeah, he, awesome. there's a picture of him. Dabbing like that is so, hilarious. I'm just going to say it. To me, the 49ers are like the Cowboys of the West Coast. I just don't like them. <laughs> well, how well, the Cowboys you, are you right Have you heard all the crap going on now? Like, whose fault was it, Garoppolo's or, or Shanahan's? Well, I don't know. They were running the crap out of the ball, and then they stopped, they stopped. running the crap out of the ball. Yeah, and honestly, they were 10 points up, so. Garoppolo was not very accurate that whole game. To be fair, neither was Mahomes. No. He overthrew, like, six receivers yeah, at the beginning of the game. True. That's true, I guess. It's a, it's a big game. It's hyped up. Yeah. So, real quick, have you heard in all the garbage going on on the internet now about the halftime show? Oh, jeez. It's crazy. I thought it was pretty cool. I watched it. Man. Was it kid-appropriate? I don't know. I think you see worse things at the beach. You see worse things on your phone. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I think there's bigger things going on in the world than the halftime show. I mean... Oh, no. This is all over Facebook and Instagram. I'm more worried about not being able to use personalized pins. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you did you see it? You haven't seen it, Bridger? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you're on my phone quiet. constantly. Yeah, you're over, off of quiet. I just don't here. like talking about that crap because... They, I can't even say the joke that I want to say because it's mildly no, inappropriate. It but up. it's just like... I don't know. It doesn't matter, so who cares? Yeah. Like... Well, I get a kick out of all these people that are bashing at the parents and stuff. It's like, uh, take your kid out from in front of the TV. It's kind of simple. Like, yeah. I understand where they're coming from, but, like, what are you going to do to change it? Yeah. Nothing. That was pretty funny. It's just a bunch of Karens getting on the Internet asking to see the man. Well, what's funny is that I think it's hilarious because I'm seeing a lot of women coming out and saying, you're jealous because if you were 50 years old, you were never going to move like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> J-Lo's 50, and, yeah, she definitely had some moves. J-Lo's hot. She's hot. We gotta probably edit that out. <laughs> no, you're good on that one. Why? It's okay to speak the truth. Yeah. So, anyways, let them dance. They're dancers. That's what they do for a living. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So they make their money. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, people just aren't going to be happy regardless. No, and that's so funny. funny. Oh, Cody Super over here, young, dumb, and full of confidence. Yes. <laughs> and a big truck, big diesel truck, big diesel truck. <laughs> Next one will be bigger. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, listen, we appreciate you. Um, keep listening. Um, keep the feedback coming. Keep the suggestions coming. Um, hopefully, when we change things up a little bit, it's going to get better and better. I know we're getting ready to order some new equipment, which is going to help some of the audio stuff, I think. Jason's pretty excited about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Nerd. Uh, yeah. And let us know. If, you, if you're hearing something weird out there as far as audio, let us know. Jason can fix it. He's the master at this stuff. 
So other than that, we thank you. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the tournament on the circuit and on the tour. And uh, come by and say hi if you see one of our guys in the hats. And until next week. <laughs> yeah, come see us. Look for so you can get a shirt. Yeah. I'm hungry. Let's go eat. I'm hungry, too. You're the boss of the town.